0: Shall we begin? Let's begin now.
1: Quasi Quarteng this week had to perform an embarrassing U-turn, scrapping the 45p top rate of income tax announcement. That headlined his mini-budget after the PM steadfastly committed to the tax cut just 24 hours before the reversal. Today on the show, we will be asking, what is next for the Chancellor? How does this blunder match up against the other high-profile post-budget climb-downs? Pasty tax anyone? And more to the point, who would even want to be Chancellor? Then later following Bright's big acquisition of BTC software this week, we sit down with the key players in that decision and find out how this deal came about and what's next for the tax and accounts production player. Welcome to No Account for Taste. I'm Richard Hattersley, and I'm delighted to be joined this week by Accountant Web Editor-at-Large, John Stogdyke.
0: Howdy, Richard. It's great to be back in the country and part of the crew again. So, John, we've seen
1: uh, many chances go through that revolving door at number 11, but this current one, the past week that he's had, I think he's squeezed more drama in that week than some of
0: the other chances had in their full term at number 11. You, you did indeed. I mean, you you harked back to the omni-shambles of pasty tax when, when George Osborne uh, rode back pretty quickly from his VAT reforms. But I think this has to rank up there with the mega-shambles and, and really the greatest <laughs> political drama uh, in in, in, uh, in Chancellor terms that, that I can certainly remember. And, uh, John, we've been covering the, uh,
1: the space for a while and we've seen a number of... A number of chances go by, and you mentioned George Osborne there with the with Pasty Gate. Uh, we've seen a number of U-turns, um, but how does this current one stack up for you? Is this kind of like the the biggest of U-turns, or was Pasty Gate the reaction to that far bigger than than what we've just seen?
0: No, well, I think Pasty Gate was sort of whipped up by the press. I think the Sun, you know, white on behalf of White Van Man and their their bacon or their reheated uh, pies and things, you know, Ginster's pies, uh, the press kind of led the, the counter-offensive there. The, I think the, the bigger shock here was it was a much more profound tax reform uh, to cut the highest rate from 45p in the pound to 40p for, for the highest earners. Uh, but it was his own party... Who turned on him and and really forced him back out the door of of the uh, number eleven to, to eat crow? Uh, you know, and I think if you look, it it, it was a as as a, I'm kind of acting as a bit of a mouthpiece of our tax editor Rebecca Cave here, but it was it was the optics of it. You know, where people out there who can't heat their homes, and just why on earth do you make a point of removing bankers bonus limits and uh you know giving up you know five thousand pounds in in uh tax cuts to to the the wealthiest one percent of earners uh so it 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 really wasn't a good look um the 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 other thing is is he declined to publish or or didn't seem to pay much attention or, or credence to the need for for the office of budget responsibility to, to look at and cost and project the impacts of his changes. It was it really was just this 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 was the plan and he went went ahead with it with, with not really testing it out. I mean the rumour is that he didn't even present the forty five P cut to to the cabinet. So a lot of perhaps the Prime Minister included, a lot of the people are putting the um the the fault very much at the Chancellor's door and uh you know he's he's certainly gonna another, another chancellor marked by his uh his period what is it you know every, all chancellors fail but uh how many of them fail within the space of a few of 30 days
1: yeah i, I it is a tough position for a chancellor especially I ex-chancellor rishi sunak found out when he tried to uh become the leader of the conservative party and whenever you try to do that, then you're faced with all those economic decisions that you've made in the past and suddenly all those drop at your door and it becomes a little bit more difficult to try and assert yourself into that position of being leader because you've got all of these uh, decisions you've made that are dragging you down. And I guess uh, current chancellor, Quasi Quartain is now in a difficult position because he's suddenly got all of these, he's, he's currently being tired by this, this original decision. Now he's going to try and navigate around and um, press forward. Um, but I guess in some way, John, he's been quite tarnished by it. Um, where, what do you think his next moves are going to be?
0: Um, I mean, to hear it hear it from the press rumours I was seeing, it, it, it may be that he'll... He'll be asked to go back out that door number 11 <laughs> before too long and uh add his farewell to all the, you know sajid javid uh uh rishi sunak uh nahim zahawi i mean it really is a parade chancellor's on parade it's it's become it's the it, as i say you the ultimate revolving door position which doesn't leave the country in a, in a very sound state if we really can't you know, you, you need coherence in tax policy and economic policy. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one thing we are certainly not getting at the moment. I guess there is a case, if you're going to be Chancellor, it's not a bad thing to be
1: a bit boring, really. Um, <laughs> we had Philip Hammond, who had the unfortunate nickname of Spreadsheet Phil. But I guess that's because because yeah, he wasn't all about the fireworks, like his uh, predecessor, George Osborne. I don't think in terms of Hammond there was many rabbits which he pulled out of the hat and I guess that he he kind of stayed in that position without too many issues although there was the the wobble he had when he proposed increasing class 2 uh Nick with a verge to merge with class 4
0: um oh yep that yep that was another yep another that was that was his one you know he he dared dared to to make a, a, a and that was a sort of a a simplification um move but again he dared to cross over into things that were unpopular with the main press backers in the, in the sun again in the mail so <laughs> i mean it, it, you you're probably familiar of, and listeners will be of the measure uh, i use internally is to me a good budget is is it does as little as possible so so we don't have to cover as much <laughs> i mean uh, you know for, for the accountants out there some, some may agree that they just want a quiet life and uh, others probably see more opportunities for tax advice and planning. But um, uh, Philip Hanneman's budgets I used to I positively enjoyed. He had so little to say he just devoted his energies to, to making little bomb and quips. Uh, whereas what was a f- fiscal event rather than full-blown budget Turned out to be, they dished up um, so many tax reforms in such a short period of time. I mean, I, I was uh, otherwise engaged in Las Vegas at the time, but my heart went out to you from there for, for just the scale of, of stories you had to chase up in a very short time. You know, it was it was a it was a spectacular uh, bit of flying, perhaps too close to the sun, and trying to take on too much too fast. And, and now um, Quatenni is
1: faced with. Opposition from within the party of those trying to um, make him change other announcements. Um, and also outside, we have the former uh, HMRC uh, Permanent Secretary, Edward Troop, who has recently written a column in the Financial Times where he's urged Tang to do another U-turn, this time on the relaxation of the off-payroll IS-85 rules, which... Um Troop says is a welcome sign for tax avoiders and will cost over two billion a year. Um not really uh not really great coming out of a budget when so many people are trying to make you reverse most of your decisions, I guess. Indeed.
0: And and I think Rebecca Bennyworth, of course, was, was briefing us uh internally that that you know if if the Chancellor didn't quite have so many Symbolic gestures to make, or before making them, if he perhaps had sought the advice of his political colleagues, of economic economists, uh, perhaps civil servants. I'm sure, probably uh, Edward Troop is is voicing some concerns that probably emerged from his former former charges at at the uh, HMRC and the Treasury. So, so they're just—it was all. Sticking to the political agenda without at least taking some soundings, and and I think the superficiality of it, and the you know the, the new politicians who arrive thinking they can just wave a magic wand and fix all the problems of the intractable problems of the economy and of the incredibly overcomplicated tax system, uh, it. it Yeah, it just doesn't work. So a bit of bit of wiser counsel and a bit of sort of more considered movements, you know, might have at least not produced such a fast and dynamic and and dramatic series of events over the past week or two. Well, I'd be intrigued to
1: see if the Chancellor takes your advice, John, and goes for a budget which is um, a little bit more tranquil, a little bit more boring than his previous one for for his next go around. But you did have an interesting perspective, John, because you were able to view this from across the pond because you were over in Vegas last week.
0: I was, I, I, I flew out to the Sweet World event hosted by NetSuite in glamorous Las Vegas. Um, and uh, it's a sort of return to the good old days for NetSuite, who, who, Oracle NetSuite. They are kind of the kings of the flash uh, software conference, uh, and I swear we had acrobats. Uh, we, you know, we didn't get <laughs> fires, we but we had we, people on electrical bikes doing wheelies down the presentation platform, and, and the CEO <laughs> arriving on a, or sorry, the executive vice president, president, arriving on a, on a, a kind of lit up BMX bike. It was, it was all pizzazz and, and zowie wowies, glitz. So uh, a, a world away from the door economic. um doom of 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 the uk and and unfortunately uh i i certainly was watching from afar and and but i could pretty much track the state of uh, the uk economy by the by the comparative price of my coffee in the casino and i i saw literally with with sales tax at one point my um I think my my nine dollar coffee pretty much topped out at, at, at close to ten pounds for for just a, a small takeaway coffee from the Starbucks Ooh. in the casino. So, uh, I was certainly feeling the uh, the chill winds from from the economy. Um, Evan Goldberg, the the executive vice president and Netsuite, at one point was talking about uh, current you know, operating in multiple currencies. And he he he's, he is another good one like Hammond, He likes to turn his hand to a joke when he can. And he said, you know, well, so we you have all the complexities of uh, dealing with the euro and the dollar and the and the and the pound. Uh, oh, but of course they're all about the same. We've reached parity now, so they're all the same. So that that all goes away. So uh, yeah, the uh, the British journalists in the room we all cringed and gnashed our teeth. But it uh, yeah. So so it makes life simpler for some if it reaches parity. But um. So, so that was it but uh, nope it was all all software all all new launches you know happy you know, not quite happy days are here again I, th- I think I've written about uh, the thing that probably took my breath away and I think my travels I experienced lots of the sort of advanced you know airline and travel arrangements and hotels and things and business processes sometimes are just to my mind just Seemingly overcomplicated, and, and trying to get an Uber when you you know you don't have your mobile roaming turned on, and the signal doesn't read. you know you you can get the Wi-Fi in the airport terminal, but then when you get out, you can't actually get um you know locate yourself and find the place for the pickup. It it <clears throat> being on the wrong end of uh, <clears throat> business complexity uh, certainly put me in a pretty sour mood, and uh, <laughs> but uh, you know seeing all these incredibly complicated processes being put into the software was fascinating you know it, it, it's 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 maybe more than your usual sage 50 and uh, you know a bit of a spreadsheet report and your tax return kind of job uh, but but you know the net people saying this is what businesses are, are doing to you know the ones who are growing just have to be so responsive and and optimize every process they can whether it's getting the pricing exactly right to get more sales or making sure that what they're selling they can configure and deliver and and just uh, you know l- then collecting the money and and uh, you know getting the payments um p- sending out payments electronically you know, the, the weirdest thing about america is, is huge amounts of business is still done by checks so so they were introducing online banking within their accounts payable solution and I do have to admit to sitting there saying well wait a second you know, how many years have we had that and, and you know you, you know, we've got open banking and you're doing it with one yeah so so a fascinating look at the paradox of innovation and, and how this one developer NetSuite is, is sort of trying to do it all within one integrated suite as opposed to sort of what we're probably slightly more familiar with in the accounting web universe of all the ecosystems with Zero and QuickBooks where you maybe get a string of apps to do some of the things that, that NetSuite's taking on. So, so, so it was a great glimpse of what's to come, and uh, compare and contrast the the glamour and excess of Las Vegas with the um, the cold, <laughs> rainy, and increasingly expensive and heat-starved uh, UK. Did you pick up a much differences there between the
1: uh, accountants there in the U.S. compared to those here in the U.K. Were there any there that you can do the instant comparison, whilst working the the networking area with the Danishes and the coffee? <laughs>
0: um, I I met what one it was it was it was sort of more heavily oriented towards business accountants, um, and again they were they were, you know, ha- very hands-on looking for, for, you know, it's, it's like the finance departments in common in North America, the UK have probably overlooked for investment for a long time. Uh, and, and I think I did pick up that, that actually in the mid, the, the one thing is British companies, I think, in, you know, recently from our insight re survey, looks like they are investing in upgrades and taking on new business systems. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's when, when, if they want to grow, you know, they'll they'll do it now that they have to maybe jump from a desktop application that they're being shut down or or also migrating from the SME platforms because they don't quite handle transaction volumes and things. So 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 the our data is telling us in the UK companies, you know, companies are actually moving. Whereas in North America I think the ones who are enterprise size the serious ones are are kind of carrying you know they they see the benefits of automating because staff are so short that that if you can get the computer to take on the work you don't need to hire new people but the smaller businesses seem to be sucking their teeth and taking a bit longer I think I think the sales cycle for for SMEs in America is slowing down potentially faster than ours Uh, but also they're I, I met one lady who from UHY. She's a she's a consultant, and for all these people on both sides of the Atlantic who who say, "Oh, you know, this ad- compliance isn't dead. We're going to, you know, stick to the knitting." The, our clients don't want advice. This lady, Alana Abru, her name was, was an auditor of 15 years standing, and she just would would take the letters of of. You know the issues of note that, that in the audit letter that she, that would be written to the company, and she'd go back to them and and sort of talk to them about how they could sort those things out. And as and and she just said completely as a natural outgrowth of an auditor, she's she sort of slowly switched to to being a consultant and helping them configure their reporting processes and getting a hold of their data so they could see where they were. So to her, it was a a comp- it was really just that she didn't see a difference between auditing and consulting. And, and, and although she she ended up trying to do both and couldn't, you know, said she was working you know, 3,000 hour years, so So she, she took a new job where she just focuses now on, on the consulting. So I'll be writing up her story for our uh, US Practice Excellence audience. But I just think she had so many really interesting things to tell any accountant about. You know the client's need for advice and, and how the accountant is in a position to do that so uh, i'd hold her up as a sort of an example for for really interesting practice anywhere uh, but i think she probably stands out a little bit just as much in north america as she does in the uk to be absolutely honest but it was it was a fascinating encounter
1: well netsuite wasn't the only big thing to happen in the tech world this past week uh, we also heard the news that Bright Group, as we know, they already have BrightPay and Accountancy Managers part of their stable, has now added BTC software to the mix in achieving its goal of delivering an end-to-end cloud practice suite with compliance tools for the UK and Irish Irish market. John, Bright Group has created this kind of dream state, dream stable of products. Um, And it really is a big acquisition move, this one. So what's kind of your take on what this means for the accounting techs uh, market?
0: Well, I think it's the final piece in a jigsaw that Bright has been assembling over the past year or so with, with, we must note, backing from its financial investor, HG Capital, which seems to have a piece of uh, just about any entity that moves in this market these days. Uh, so, as you said, uh, Bright had the payroll product. It actually has um, accounts production and Irish tax products that it sells in, in Ireland from, from under the Relate, the Relate uh, stable. The Bright was formed as a merger of a Relate and Thesaurus software. So it has it, but I think they're back in the desktop era. Um bright pay has been doing very well as a payroll product captured a lot of customers and, and gets good satisfaction scores uh, and is in the process of migrating to cloud uh, and and then accountancy manager brought that kind of new generation technology workflow tools and into the, the latest thing it, it's one of the sort of again it, recent stars of, of the new generation of accounts of practice management so slowly sending piece by piece but they had a choice between building up a cloud app on top of and, and and putting in the uh the technical accounting logic and tax logic to the relate software products but you know do you build partner by they obviously with it seems like it's a pretty considered long-term play you know game of chess to assemble all the pieces so so Since BTC software is just putting the finishing touches to its uh, cloud-based MTD tool, it's got uh, a VAT hub, it's got the accounts production and tax. So the one thing I'd say about Bright is they now have all the right pieces in the stable, but as we've seen from so many other um, uh, software consolidators, going back to Iris and Sage, for example... uh, and there are others. It's it's a lot bigger work to make everything work seamlessly together. You know, Netsuite would make this point: is is you've got to design it as a suite from the ground up to be really You know, to to get that full integration. And Iris had that within its Iris Accountancy suite, but its Iris is jumbled together. Uh, again, weirdly, Iris has built up Tax Filer and Center uh, and its own sort of internal tools that it's trying to connect with the Elements thing it's done all that integration work which has taken years and years with hg's backing now hg seemed to be building a mini iris uh at, at bright and uh, so my only question would be how long it's going to whether they're actually equipped and ready to sort of launch the drawbridge across the iris sea and and come and take over the uk but uh you know, it may take longer than we anticipate to see that happen, but when it does, it's going to be a really interesting marketplace, uh, and and I'd anticipate seeing them make their move before the implementation of MTD for it. Uh... Mm-hmm. Well, because uh, speakers by his
1: absence, absence today is, of course, our technology editor, Tom Herbert. Well, shortly after the news broke, Tom had the opportunity to sit down and speak with the CEO of Bright Group, Kevin McCallum, and the founder mm-hmm of BTC Software, Rob Ellis, to find out how the deal came about and what the acquisition means for the future of the product. Um, The next voices you will hear will be uh, Tom, Kevin and Rob. So here's what they have to say.
2: Congratulations to you both, particularly for Rob, who spoke to me yesterday and uh, uh, about an unrelated matter, and managed to keep a straight face throughout the in- the entire thing, even when I told him I was coming over to Ireland. So, yeah, well done, Rob. Oscar's in the post. Yeah,
3: sorry, sorry for keeping that from you, Tom, but uh, I was uh, sworn to secrecy yesterday.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, can I start with you, Kevin? Um, why BCC software?
4: Good question. Um, I think anybody that probably is engaged with Rob and the guys at BTC would have some answer to that. I think we touched on this we spoke a while ago, um, Tom, that we are looking to build out our capabilities, our credentials for all of the software requirements that a county practice might have in both Ireland and the UK. And the one area that we were probably missing, or we were definitely missing, was UK tax capabilities. So we'd been tracking a few different um, people on that. It so happened that we um, aligned with uh, Rob and his team's kind of uh, interest and in, you know, looking at the next evolution step for them. So um, we found a lot of alignment in terms of what we we're trying to do, a lot of alignment in terms of culture, a lot of alignment in terms of importance of looking after the customer first and foremost and all these things. And also the innovation kind of path that we're all on around moving to the cloud from where we are uh, and the uh, gathering around things like the MTD phases that are coming down the line, hopefully still. So I think from that point of view, it just made so much sense for us when we actually sat down and kind of compared notes that BTC would be such a great fit for Bright. So um, we ran a fairly quick process per se, Rob, and, and really kind of pushed our, our advisors and lawyers pr- fairly hard yeah, we on this, um, So, but delighted that you know last night um, we were able to get this over the line. So now the, the fun starts of, of how we're actually going to take this all to market, look after our mutual customers as much as we can with this.
2: Brilliant okay. and. Uh, Rob, I'll, I'll, I'll switch, the, uh, switch the focus to you. Um, what, what, what sort of attracted you about the um, you know, joining the Bright Group, as it were?
3: Um, th- there were several, several things, Tom. Uh, I mean, first of all, been approached, we have been approached before by other groups to, to become part of them. Uh, the difference here is that we were coming into the group to be the tax provider or the tax and compliance provider for the UK, um, rather than just going in as another solution alongside other existing products we find that a great opportunity. Um, the synergies here in the way that we look after our customers are very similar. Um, the way we support them, the, the, the products that we sell to them and obviously our, our, our journey to, to the cloud that we're currently on um, aligns perfectly with the Bright, bright product set. So um, to, to have the, the Bright product set now available to us for integration um, is a big plus as well for our customers.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, just just in terms of uh, some of the practicalities. I mean, um, BTC and Accounting manager has the sort of practice management sure. elements, as it were, um, as as much. Has much thought gone into how they might mesh together?
4: An element of that, um, as, as Rob said, the kind of no-brainer stuff for us is the tax compliance stuff from a UK point of view. This is um, a few years we've been doing this now, Rob, I think. Yes. So, uh, you know, and very successfully um, and, and just the kind of you know confidence that the customers have in, in the BTC software solutions are, you know, great. And we know that from the surveys that you guys do, Tom, you just how highly they, they value that. I think practice management, Accountancy Managers are very, very strong offering. We just launched the workflow capabilities uh, for our customers and there will be some overlap, undoubtedly in these concerns, kind of but it's not massive. You know, and we've actually done a bit of work on that already. Obviously, we've got a lot more to do around you know where this stuff lives and in terms of the ca- accounts production side, of things. We've got a, a good, strong solution in, in Ireland, but not so, so visible in the UK. But like Rob said, I think some of the other bright products coming in that actually just are very, Additional and accretive for what we're looking to do. If we look at things like the surf uh, bookkeeping products, surf accounts, you know, for some of the MTD solutions that we're going to have coming down the path, you know, we can work quite quickly um, to integrate these from the, you know, the information that needs to flow between the products and, and get through on that. So, I don't think there'll be a lot of um, products that will have to be lost or, or, or capabilities that have to be lost along the way. Um, we, we've not identified there's more synergies than there is this synergies as, as Rob has said. You know as to what we're able to do.
2: Yeah, and uh, Rob yourself and uh, Paul Aldridge obviously um, <clears throat> coming along, joining joining the Bright Group as it were. Um, what are your what are your ambitions for BTC PTC Software sort of within the Bright Group?
3: That's a very good question, Tom. So early days. The I mean the, um, the ambitions are to see an integrated product suite. So I mean, that's what we've always brought with, with our Tax Compliance products. Now we want to see that with the, with the other bright, product, uh, bright Group products. Um, the, our, our movement to SAS at the moment, so we have uh, self-assessment and VAT. And what we have there at the moment is a very light touch practice management. Um, but what we can see with Accountancy Manager is a great opportunity to bring workflows uh, into our product set to wrap around those key tasks that the, that the accountants do for their clients. Um, it's it's something we've trialled already. Uh, it's not it's not available at the moment, but it's something we know that we can do. We have an API first SaaS product, as do a manager, um, and and that's a great opportunity for an, an early integration.
2: Yeah, yeah. As I said, the idea of sort of taking um, you know to taking a sort of client uh, through the sort of onboarding uh, the onboarding process into your practice management, getting the data, getting the data in through the bookkeeping system and uh, pushing that through into sort of tax and final accounts. I guess that's, that's the sort of dream. Like that It, sort of it is. In.
4: And I think that we also, even with an accountancy manager, and this is something we'll continue to think about and develop, you know, the, the, the onboarding stuff, as you mentioned, Tom, you know, how you bring your clients on board. So we already have a lot of capabilities around AML baked into a manager, and you know, we, we can see how we can kind of develop that, but it's what you do with them, how you can automate and make your practice more efficient through the processes that you can integrate, as much as the client information. So why would you have to repopulate this for sort of different products you know, if you've got, as Rob said, the unified suite that, that we're going to be working towards? Uh, and from the, the bright side of things, it's fantastic to have Rob and his, his team from the development and the product side joining, just the expertise that they've developed over the last 20-something years. Um, yeah. ar- around developing those kind of products and accounting managers, managers um, SaaS native never been anything else but a lot of the rest of Bright products are moving online from a traditional so we have Bright Pay Online which a lot of your listeners will possibly be aware of Bright Pay is one of the kind of more regarded uh, payroll products out there so Bright Pay Online we're going to be shortly going into beta um, on that a lot of people are lined up for that and very excited for that as a, a SaaS version of the payroll product so you can see the kind of the general, you know, motion and, and the direction of travel for all of these different products is, is this unified, online SaaS uh, offering that really works well together, um, for, from a customer a, a practice point of view, uh, to better serve their clients.
2: Brilliant. um, <clears throat> with with acquisitions like these, in the market, um, there's obviously a, a sort of perception among some of our readers, listeners, that um, that may well equal price rises or, or sort of support levels dropping. Um, what, what, what can you say to sort of reassure, um, reassure listeners that uh, that's, that's not the case with this?
3: When it, when it comes to support, that's not going to change at all. Um, the support team that we have in place for, for BTC software is, is staying. It's not moving. We're not, it, it, the level that we give, we've always prided ourselves on, on that support um, and they won't see any change in that at all.
4: And that's true across the board, actually. We've invested an awful lot on support just latterly in the last six months, having brought a manager in alongside the, the Relate products, the Irish Relate and Surf products, and also Bright Pay. Um, I think that it's easy to kind of make that kind of immediately, oh, with my favourite products being bought over, that's the end of that then. And I think when I look at who we've actually lined up here in terms of our Dream team of kind of products that you've got. You have Brightpay, very highly regarded, very high NPS if we want a kind of objective customer satisfaction score. Yeah. Account C Manager, I think Brightpay was the highest scoring product in Tommy in one of your surveys recently. Yeah, the insights. Um, Account C Manager's second or third BTC software were definitely up there in terms of those yeah. kind of numbers as well. And that doesn't just happen, you're not just like on a lucky throw of the dice on that. That's through commitment and consistent effort around product quality and customer support and value for money ultimately for these things. So it would be kind of crazy for us to just, you know, mash that all out, out, up into something and throw away all the good bits. All, all we're looking to do here is aggregate the best of these products and bring them together into kind of one unified whole. So I think we'd ask probably people to give us a bit of a chance rather than assume yeah. um, just because some other businesses acquire businesses and then you never hear them again. That's not what we're doing here. That's absolutely not what I'm doing as a CEO Bright is is to do that. We're finding the really good fits from a product point of view, from a cultural point of view, and actually trying to bring them in and and, and grow, you know, the surface area for everybody as to what we're able to do to support customers.
2: I guess with uh, sort of practice management and... uh, payroll, bookkeeping, tax accounts, production, you know, the, the, the sort of pieces of the uh, the, the sweet puzzle of the sort of coming together as it were. Um, are there any are there any sort of pieces left that you can see or is it now is, is the work now on on the sort of integration piece?
4: The integration is a priority. You know that's the that's the most important thing. It's the thing our, our customers would expect us to be doing to make the stuff sing together. I think. What's interesting to us then is is looking at probably adjacencies so there are other things that you can do to make the process even more efficient from a practice point of view you know whether that may be in the kind of payment space or it might be in more onboarding kind of capabilities or those kind of different aspects so i think that the announcements you hear from us going on in the next while will be probably more around those kind of extensions rather than necessarily wholesale um, acquisition. This goes back to the point about if well, the only reason you're buying a business is to take a competitor out of the market, mm-hmm. that's bound to be a cynical play. We're doing the opposite here. You know, we're actually kind of filling a functional gap and building out from that point of view. So I think it has completed our offering, uh, the BTC software acquisition, definitely from a UK point of view in terms of what we can offer to an uh, accountancy practice. But, you know, th- there's other opportunities that we have that, you know, when you look at payroll, there's other things you can do around that. You can look at things from a tax point of view as well. So more, more adjacencies probably immediately than, than other additional kind of similar products is, is the plan for now.
2: Mm. Um, obviously, Bright um, has the sort of uh, backing of HG Capital, uh, which, as I say, bringing, bringing together a suite, a suite like this, obviously, HG also um, also backs Iris, um, but I guess, I mean, would with, with the offerings sort of play in slightly different spaces? I mean, who, who would you see as a sort of typical Bright Group customer?
4: I'd say so. I think that um, it's worth saying, you know, we're, we're not HD, we're Bright, you know, and I think that yeah. that's uh, very much a kind of important um, consideration for us as we continue to kind of like run our business and build our business and uh, make the, the decisions we're going to make on these things. Um, an iris or iris and, and i think iris have however many years of history and you know customers have their you know, view of iris and how they're going to kind of interact with iris um, i think it'd be fair to say rob we probably play more to the um smaller practices or maybe even earlier practices. would that's true yeah um, so i think that um there's a lot of scope still for digitization in the currency kind of, profession there's a lot of scope for workflow and process automation in the accounting profession. You have these much more digitally native practices who are kind of the newer ones coming through, as much as those that kind of recognize the kind of efficiencies that you can play into these bits and pieces. So there's no shortage of people who could benefit from a really good suite of software products, particularly with the further disruption and um, changes that we've got coming down the path with the next stages of MTD.
3: Yes, I mean, and, and the thing that we will continue to do is integrate with other products anyway. So this is, this is not a closed shop of, of four products. Um, we've, we've always prided ourselves with integrations with other other software products because that's what our customers want to use. So it's not going to stop us bringing down, for example, trial balances from other accounting uh, other bookkeeping packages. We'll continue to do that, and we'll continue to link with with those solutions wherever it's necessary.
4: We have a strong relationship with Dex in Ireland in particular, and, and I think you know there's there's scope for those kind of pre-accounting bits and pieces that we don't have in our portfolio to, again work with the best providers and and the, the most integrated options or have the integration, to the kind of most used options. But you know we're not want to mandate somebody's tech stack outside that that they may want to use for practice funding. I mean.
2: Yeah, and 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 um, Surf. Um, obviously, I think last time we chatted, Surf was. Uh, you know that we were looking at looking at bringing it over to the UK. Yeah, um, are there any, any more news on that?
4: Well, Surf Accounts is, is our principal focus to work with Rob and his guys on, on uh, BTC software to um, integrate that into the the, the tax and well, the are production side of the tax side of things.
3: Yeah, I mean, Surf bookkeeping is a is a great opportunity for, for BTC software. Um, not not only just as a, as a, a bookkeeping platform, but also for MTD for ITSA. Um we've been looking to partner with a, a more independent bookkeeping package for quite some time now, and, and Surf certainly fits that bill.
2: Fantastic. Um, and final one to you, Rob. Um, obviously, you've been at the MTD coalface for uh, for some years now. Um, how much potential do you think that sort of making tax digital, but particularly for income tax self-assessment, so how much potential does that have? in terms of having a a transformative effect on the accounting profession?
3: I think people are still trying to get their head around that Tom, Um, from what we see on your site, people are still trying to work out what that's going to mean for them. Um, Certainly with the quarterly submissions it's going to be more work, um, but they're going to need good products and good integrations for for that to be a smooth transition, Um, hence having a good bookkeeping product that doesn't cost the earth uh, to, to provide that digital link into an MTD filing solution. Um, We're still gonna provide our bridging product that will come in from Excel as well. So again, it's not one solution that fits all. Um, There's different solutions for different people because it depends on the complexity of the business they're trying to support underlying for those submissions.
1: Well, thank you everyone for listening to No Account for Taste today. A big thank you, of course, to John, to Tom, to kevin and rob for their time talking about uh the acquisition of btc software from by bright uh for all your news from the world of accountancy join us as ever on the but until next time bye for now